heard the beginning of it and Helen's bringing part two. So, very warm welcome to Helen. Let's give her a warm welcome. Morning. So, the title's Faith in Action, but we'll talk about that in a minute because I can't talk about faith in action without first saying you don't need any action to have faith. Does that make sense? We don't need to have done anything to have faith. And if we've got any doubt about that, I'm just going to read a passage straight away from when Jesus was on the cross next to some criminals who had, in their own words, done enough to be hanging there. And let's just listen to this passage because I think it just says it all. Jesus was on the cross alongside two criminals. And this is their interaction. Sorry, that was my bit that I didn't read out loud. That's the bit that's on my notes. Here's the, here's the actual reading. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence. We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, truly I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. Truly I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. There was no time for that guy to do anything after having received faith. So he had no actions, nothing. But he did have faith because he believed in Jesus. And he said, remember me. And he was doing the whole, he hasn't done anything wrong. We've done stuff wrong, but he hasn't done anything wrong. So he was totally believing in who Jesus was, and he had saving faith. And that's what Jamie talked about last week, a whole, that whole concept of having faith that saves us. So today, we're now talking about faith in action. So we believe in Jesus, and we are saved. That's the place we're coming from. So we are saved, and we have faith. What next in our life? What do we do with this faith that we have? What is faith in action? We're going to be looking at the book of James. We're going to be looking from James chapter 2. And James is talking largely to Jewish Christians when he writes this letter. People who are already saved. So that bit he's not addressing. He's addressing the fact that they're already saved. They've already got faith. And Actually, what's apparent is they've got a bit of a lazy attitude to their faith. They're, they're not really acting upon it very much. They're kind of, I'm all right, Jack, I've got Jesus. You know, that kind of a lazy kind of attitude. And he says this. I love James. He's quite blunt. Let's read the first thing I'm going to read from us, from James chapter 2, verse 14. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds. Can such faith save them? So right here, he's being direct on purpose. He's like saying, you're claiming you've got faith, but you're doing absolutely zilch about it. You're not interested in doing anything to help others. You're not interested in um, acting out that very love you've just found. You've got faith, and then you, just, you claim it, and then you do nothing. What kind of faith is that, he's saying? So, when we have faith, we say, we've just met the almighty God of the universe. We've just met 
the one who we know is our father. We know that this God has saved us. We know that we have an inheritance that blows our minds. We know that one day we're going to be in eternity with him. We know we've got promises after promises after promises that he's got for us. And we know this. And then, yeah, that's great. Do nothing. So he's addressing this and he's addressing that sense of attitude. So when we know it, what naturally comes, if we know something exciting, what do we naturally do with that? If we've got good news, what do we want to do with that? Share it. Well done. Thank you. That's the end of the talk. (laughs) We want to share it. We want to share that. There's a theologian called Andrew Wilson and he says this. It's quite wordy, so bear with me. I'll go slowly. As Protestants, we are fond of saying we're justified by faith alone. So that's the whole, just because we've got faith, we are then okay. We're going to get to heaven. But the faith that justifies is never alone. I just love that line. That faith that saved us is never on its own. Rather than being a frightening idea, this is actually one of the most comforting truths of all. As I trust God, works naturally follow works naturally follow. As I walk by the Spirit and abide in Christ, I bear much fruit. Because if we're walking with Jesus and we're walking with the Holy Spirit present, then we're going to do good stuff and good stuff's going to happen. I love this. I love this. We're going to be mentioning lemons quite a lot in the talk. I didn't know I was going to do that when I started. Producing lemons is no effort at all for a lemon tree. It's only orange trees that find it exhausting. So when we're going along in our life, and we're filled with the Holy Spirit, and we have Jesus as our goal, and we want to live our life, then surely, if we're a lemon tree, then there's going to be great big lemons popping up in our life. Fruit of the stuff that we do. Actions of the stuff that we believe. Stuff coming out of our deep roots in Jesus. There's going to be things that come. An active faith. A lemon tree that's active produces lemons. See, we've got lemons and everything. Horticultural Helen, they'll call me after this. Um, Or not. (laughs) So works follow, as Andrew puts it, because we stay close to God. We're prompted by his spirit. We are who he calls us to be at the beginning. We are what he says about us. The truth that he says about our identity is truth. And therefore we can have total security that when we have faith, we can act in our faith. We can take risks in our faith. We can step out with faith. We can do stuff because we've got faith. The problems come when we are driven to do loads and loads and loads and loads and loads of good stuff, but we don't stay close to God. So it's all a drive. Do this, do that, do this, do that. And somehow that's given us some level of security. Or something like this passage is suggesting... We are sort of so proud of our salvation, but we do nothing at all with it. So we can have two sides of things going on, can't we? We can either be do, 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 and it's all about our works, or we can be, yeah, it's amazing I've got faith and do nothing at all. There's kind of two extremes that we can have. Let's read the next bit from verse 15. Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? 
In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. As I said, James is quite direct. So he's kind of saying, you see someone there begging, you see that someone there desperate, and you say, go in peace. Go on, off you go. Have a good life. And he's like, you can't do that. You can't do that. We can't do that. Because that kind of faith is dead. It has no compassion. It has no sense of urgency. It has no sense of helping. Does that make sense? So it's dead. One day I heard someone speaking on this passage, and he was quite direct as well. And he said, that person needs a coat. Maybe it's hanging in your wardrobe. You know, like, seriously, if someone needs something, maybe you've got part of the answer. So telling someone that you hope that they're okay, that you feel sorry for them, is one thing. But to do nothing about it at all is quite dead, isn't it? It's dead in our actions. It's dead in what we want to do. And dead is pretty stark. A dead thing doesn't do anything. And here's James saying, your faith is like dead if you're doing that. We don't want a faith that doesn't do anything. Jesus said a lot to the Pharisees about knowing the scripture, knowing loads of stuff, but not really doing anything with it, kind of quoting it to trip people up and having hardened hearts. We don't want to be people like that with our faith, do we? We don't want people that are um, using our scripture to build ourselves up but put others down or um, to justify our doing nothing and having this kind of dead faith. That's not what this faith that we have, this saving and amazing faith, this amazing father of the universe, our father, that is what we've got. And what are we going to do with it? The dead faith is kind of paying, paying lip service to the faith. And I guess some of us at different times of our journey do that, don't we? Different times we know we're paying more lip service than acting it out. Maybe there's stuff in the way Maybe there's distractions on the sideline. Maybe there's pain going on in our world. But we know we've got a faith, but we're kind of sitting on the back burner with it. And we're just paying a little bit of lip service to it at the moment because it's there, but it's not active. And I just wonder whether this passage today might just stir our hearts. Because we want to be fruitful, don't we? We want to be growing big lemons. I think, I think I've finished with the lemons. I think there's enough now, isn't it? If we trust him, if we step out with Jesus... If we hold unswervingly to the hope that we have, fruit will come. Jesus said, a good fruit bears good fruit. A bad fruit, therefore, bears, a bad tree bears bad fruit. And we want to be producing good fruit. Our roots being fixed in Jesus, fixed in the word of God. Absolutely steadfast roots is the way to produce good stuff. I guess the Hebrews 12 passage tells us very clearly to run with our eyes fixed on Jesus. Run this race of life that we have with our eyes fixed on Jesus. And if we keep our eyes fixed on him, then the shiny things on the sides don't seem so shiny after all. The distractions. Or even the dark things that seem to be overpowering us from the side. Bad stuff. If we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, then we can run our race without the distractions. We can run this race of faith. When I was praying about today, I was praying and thinking, there's bound to be 
some of us that have got our eyes distracted. And the passage says to throw off those things that hinder us, to get rid of the sin that so easily entangles. And there's also people who are bound to have started kind of rooting their lives in stuff that's not the word of God, that's not the truth. Other things, other thought processes, other worldviews. What are we rooting ourselves in and what are we fixing our eyes on? Would be my question today. If we want an active faith, what are we rooting our lives in and what are we fixing our eyes on? Because if it's Jesus, then we're going the right way. Even if the stuff we're facing is rubbish right now. Even if it's really, really hard, when we don't fix our eyes on that, but we fix our eyes on Jesus, that's the best place for us to be. How would he approach the situation? What peace does he give you about this situation? What's the lifeline that you've got right now? Let's carry on reading the next bit. This is about the, the two kind of worldviews here that's going on when James is talking to them. So he says, someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that, and shudder. As I said, James is quite blunt. Here we go again. Your kind of faith, even the demons believe that. Well, I don't want to be a person that has got the same kind of faith as a demon, because a demon's not going to go to heaven, is he? I don't want to have that kind of faith. I want to have the kind of faith that is alive and real and true and holy and pure, not something that's twisted and dark. So you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds. So we can have one group of people over here saying, I'm all about the faith. I'm all about saying, yes, Jesus, you're amazing and doing nothing. Then there can be another group of people over here doing all the work. And together, we can be, ta-da, the perfect Christian family. And he's hitting that head on. And I think sometimes we accidentally get there a bit. There's the faith people over here and there's the activists over here. And together, we can do this thing called church. And there is a little bit of that going on. But actually, faith over here without works, do we want a dead faith? Do we want believing in a God that even the demons believe in because they don't want him to do anything? And over here, do we want action, 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 action and no faith at all? Neither are right if we hold either position on its own. That's what James is saying. He's saying both are right but come together and that is what's right. To have faith and action. Faith and action. And it's not in a legalistic, once you've got Jesus, then you've got to do job one, job two, job three, job four. It's not like that. It's very much the root yourself in Jesus and he'll give you loads of stuff to do that will be easy to do. Because we're not going to try and produce an orange if you're a lemon tree. He's, you're going to be close to him and he's going to give you the stuff to do. And it's going to be amazing. And doing this stuff is amazing. Am I making any sense? Oh, there's something. This is good. This is good. All right. Sorry to the projector at the back. Okay. 
What we can accidentally do is say, that position over there is wrong, and that position over there is wrong, and the position that's right is the one I hold right now. Doesn't it? Count me. I'm not a bad person. I believe in Jesus. I do this and that. I'm doing okay. I'm not going to do nothing, but I'm not going to do loads of stuff either. I'll just assume that where I'm sitting right now is the right place. And I just, I'm not going to say much about that. I'm just going to say, is it time to just double check? Where are our roots? Where's our vision? What's right for you? And what is God saying? Because we want to be propelled into active faith. Active faith that God calls us to. Things that he's calling our lives into. Stuff that he's got for us that's precious. Stuff that he's got for us to do for other people that will be precious. Faith without knowing Jesus is a tricky thing. We can't really have faith without knowing Jesus. We can't really say, we know about God, but it doesn't do anything in our lives. Because what, what we aim for is to have faith in who Jesus is, faith in everything that he's done, and then we ask the Holy Spirit to come and reveal to us his revelation, his Holy Spirit presence, his goodness. So we've got information, we've got revelation, and then what we want is transformation, transformed lives. With the information we know about God, the revelation of the Holy Spirit, and transformation in our lives. That's a really good goal, yeah? To be seeking out God's word, seeking out his goodness, asking the Holy Spirit every part of our day to come to us and transform our lives. And then step out into active faith. Active faith. Okay. We go on to the next slide from James 2. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together. And his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not even Rahab, the prostitute, considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. So here goes James again in his polite nature, saying, come on, you fools. You fools. Abraham acted in his faith. Rahab got her faith and quickly acted. There's a, there's a thing that happens when we get faith. Abraham took risks. All of this faith is faith in action. What James is saying is, what would have happened if Abraham would have said, yeah, I've got faith, but I don't need to do nothing. I need to do new things. Cool, am I suddenly a gangster? That's what I feel like now. No things. Because that's just silly. He acted in faith because of his faith. And Rahab 
she wasn't one of God's people. And then God's people showed up in her town and they were in danger. She spotted it. She spotted that they were going to lose her life, their lives. And she identified with God's people. She realized that her own life was wrong and she immediately started making some changes. And what James is saying is as soon as she converted, as soon as faith came, you could see it. Her life started changing. She wasn't perfect yet. She wasn't going to be perfect, but she was different. A difference came. And then she endangered herself by helping others to escape because she was passionate. She was passionately trying to help. She was passionately stepping out. So she's been a prostitute. These people rock up. She thinks that they're amazing. Then she sees they're going to die, and then she helps, and she gets changed on the way. We're not even quite sure exactly where. So she comes to faith and starts acting. She didn't just say, trust that Lord of yours and get out of town. Flee. She helped. She helped them in their escape. So faith isn't just what we believe internally. It's about what we do externally. There, we have the summary of the talk. It's not just what we believe internally. It's about what we do externally. I'm just going to pray for us for a minute. Father, I pray for every one of us in this room. This whole thing about having a dead kind of faith and a faith that's no different to the demons because they believe in God. I just pray for your Holy Spirit revelation in our hearts about just how amazing you are. Just how amazing you are. I want to be an Abraham or a Rahab. I just want to get you quickly and project forward with a faith that helps, that is faith-filled even when it looks like it's a really silly thing to do. Looking silly for your sake, I pray across this room that whatever it is that you might call us into, that we'll be comfortably knowing that it's you while uncomfortably making some decisions that might not fit as well in our own lives right now but they're the right thing for you. And it's you that we want to seek. It's you that we want to give glory to. It's you that has the power over our life. So, Father, I pray for every one of us. And I pray that the excitement and knowledge of saving faith will spur us to an active faith. Faith is not just what we believe internally. It's how we behave externally. Okay, should we open our eyes? So this works that Jesus talks about is not only a list of things to do. It's stuff that completes our faith, but it doesn't compete with our faith. So if we've got a load of, if we've got an agenda and it's busy, it's coming up to Christmas, isn't it? So everyone's got a shopping list somewhere and it's busy and it's a bunch of clunky things that we've got to get done then that has no joy in it whatsoever usually but if it's completing our faith because it's coming out of who we are out of what God has called us to do out of what he has said are the works he's got planned for us to do the things that he has for us to both bless us and others then that's completing our faith not competing with it it's not a load of stuff over here that makes us far too busy to ever spend any time with God and 
it's absolutely important that we understand that. That this stuff that God calls us to do is to be completing of our faith, not competing with it. Does that make sense? So, are we running a race well? Are we keeping our eyes fixed on him? I'm going to have some slides. We don't want dead faith. We don't want faith like the demons have. We want to have an active faith. Active faith transforms our lives. I met Jesus and everything changed. Active faith means that we love Jesus. Language that's like, I really love him. Sometimes these type of people are annoying. They go on about Jesus all the time. I only spoke to someone the other day and they're like, well, why does she just keep banging on about Jesus? And I'm like, if you've got a problem with that and I've got a problem with that, then who's got the problem here? Because if they're talking about Jesus and Jesus is amazing, well, that's a good thing, surely. So if we have dynamic faith, we have a faith that transforms our life and we have a faith that loves Jesus and we have a faith that keeps a short account, is repentant and forgiving. And that's really important. So we love Jesus. We are transformed and we keep short account. Are we willing to be repentant? Are we willing to say sorry for getting it wrong? I was feeling particularly sore about a situation recently and it wasn't even that long ago and I was feeling sorry for myself and concluding no one, not one person on this earth understands and I'm not even sure you do either God. You know, that kind of, like, I am so sore about this and I am so sad and I had a look at my heart and I didn't really like what I saw because even though I thought I was right, obviously, otherwise it wouldn't have been an issue. Even though that, it was crippling me because what had happened is I'd built up pride, I'd built up arrogance, I'd built up a sense of rights. And I'd forgotten to be totally trusting in what God was saying and just drawing close back to him. And then someone else's situation that was far worse than mine, I was having to help with that situation. And I was like, you fool, Helen. You fool. There you are, twisted up in your own situation, and there is somebody else's situation that's even worse, and you can help. And how do I help? I help by putting people back on track with having their roots deep and their eyes fixed on Jesus, even though the situation might be tricky. And even if my situation was tricky, when I was lacking in integrity by drawing off God and looking close to him and keeping walking close to him and being repentant and being forgiving if I wasn't doing that then I was going to be stumbling and I was going to be struggling and the big temptation came to just cocoon myself sit in the comfort of the faith that I knew knowing that I was alright that's the temptation but the reality is I have a faith that I know, and I'm all right, and I can step out with active faith. I don't have to cocoon myself away. Faith in action. Our job is to fix our eyes on him. Are we on sand or rock? Is the word today. Are we rooted in his love? Is it time to check our roots? Is it time to ask for revelation and transformation in our lives about the stuff we know already. Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for 
for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. I'm going to finish there. Thank you.